Oh, boy. <laughs> Two seconds into that take, and I blew it. Um, welcome to the next episode of Just One More Thing. My name is Norgi. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I've got a few guests with me today. Uh, today's topic will be about uh, PMNL Theater in Antioch, Illinois, um, which I have recently become involved with, and we are currently... Um, going into or marching into the final weekend of Spamalot, Monty Python's Spamalot, uh, which runs for um, one more weekend, one show Friday, two on Saturday at uh, 2.30 and 8 p.m. The Friday show is 8 p.m., as well as the final show on Sunday, which is on uh, at 2.30. Uh, my guests at this time, um, Reggie Reynolds, or Regina Reynolds, we all call her Reggie. She is the uh, director of the production as well as the president of the board of directors here at PMNL Theater. I'm also joined by Natalie Colgan, who is the uh, music director for the production of Spamalot, as well as um, has been helping to call the show for um, the Q to Qs and stuff like that. She's also relatively new here, as well as Mr. Colin Halliday, who plays the... Um, the big wig, the the big cheese, King <laughs> Arthur in uh, in Monty Python Spamalot. So thank you all for joining me for this episode. And um, I just want to be full disclosure. I am involved with the production. I design the sound. I run the sound for the show. So I don't want anyone to think that this is, uh, you know, me being sneaky. This is, you know, I would have had this conversation regardless of if I was involved with the show or not. But I also want to be honest and upfront with everyone that I am involved with the show. So... In addition to this being just a regular conversation that I would have had with these folks anyway, um, you can call it a plug if you want to. Um, Spamalot has run for two weekends. The audiences have enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of, to see um, the process unfold on stage, backstage, and everything else. So um, if you are interested in tickets to Spamalot, you can um, uh, visit the website PML, pmltheater.com. Um, and you can purchase tickets that way. Um, follow PML, uh, PMNL Theater on Facebook uh, if you haven't already, and check out everything that's going on there. Um, I want to throw to you first, um, Reggie, as both the president of the board of directors as well as directing this show and sort of carrying a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. Um, what went into the process of sort of bringing this show to light um, and putting it on the slate to do this year as well as... Um, you know, what have been maybe some of the challenges that you found as the show has progressed? Well, bringing it to our stage, it was not our first choice because often when we get a slate, we find out that it's not available. We don't get the licensing for it, so we often have to have other choices. And when our choice of Into the Woods was denied because of a tour, apparently, other ones came up and I suggested, could we please do Spamalot? said, I think the world needs some humor. I think we need something fun and ridiculous that we've never done before. So that's definitely one of the choices of why Spamalot appeared this particular season. So challenges, of course, were the fact that, one, I did actually have questions about what, a girl doing Spamalot, and just like, what? <laughs> well, why, why not? I said, I would love to do some comedy because I've been given often dramas around here and some of the series pieces or the women's pieces. I said, no. I said, I think I can handle this. I grew up with five brothers. I'm perfectly aware of guy humor, but also really appreciate uh, the, the Monty Python uh, history of how they put things together. So that was one. Also, of course, that uh, this year being the president is like, oh my goodness, 
I'm going to be directing and be the president at the same time mm -hmm. uh, in a year where we were busy growing other things. But um, my biggest want was to have a variety of people come out and enjoy it. And that was getting those people aware a whole year ago. Get out here. We're doing spam a lot. This is something you're going to want to be part of. So now you said that um, spam a lot wasn't the original production that was supposed to be in the slate. It was into the woods, which I'm sure the play reading committee selected for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so when when into the woods couldn't happen because you couldn't get the rights, was Spamalot sort of on the burner as like this is the 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 backup show if Into the Woods doesn't happen, or were you just like you know what Spamalot would be a really good show to do here? Usually we do have a second slate mm -hmm. because we need to have the backup, um, but the ones that were on the backup, people weren't as happy with suddenly when it came to um, moving it, and I said too, because we had missed our opportunity several years ago when we wanted to do Spamalot, and it wasn't available. We had chosen it. I said, you know, let's bring one that we really were interested in that uh, would be interesting now because it has a variety, we always think, variety of roles, ages. Um, what does the audience want and what have we not done? So, no, it was not on. It was one of those, oops, pull it out of left field from several years ago. And has PMNL done spam a lot before in the past? Never. So it's brand new to this theater. Yes. Okay, that's cool. And so, in the midst of you know mounting this production, we had um, we had uh, auditions. Suddenly, I forgot how to talk. Uh, we had auditions, and um, I was there for the auditions. A lot of talented people, a lot of funny people came in, and um, it was interesting to see sort of some of the raw talent that came in because some people have never done theater before maybe this is their first or second or third show so you know obviously there's a lot of um green um tendencies and sort of rookie things that they did um if i can afford to say that i don't mean that disparagingly but you know what i mean because oh, um, yes. auditions can bring out the nerves in people they have no problem being on stage in front of a few hundred people that they've never met before performing this stuff, but then you put them on stage in front of three people and it's the most nerve wracking thing they've ever done. And I can't remember um, which night it was that you came, Colin. Um, it was the, uh, the Tuesday night. It was the Tuesday Second. night, okay. Um, but I do remember um, you came in and you when you went on stage, you told everyone that you were from Ireland. Yes. Um, which I was fascinated with because I thought, well, you know, he's either gonna have his his native accent, or he's gonna flip to a British accent, and you, your your accent is very, very good. Um, Thank you. I dare say, probably the best one in the show. Um, with due respect to everyone else in the show, but um, tell us about your experience in terms of how you came to PMNL, whether it was for this show or other show you, you've done in the past, and sort of your um, experience with this show since we've uh, been doing it. So yeah, so this is my second performance with PMNL. The first one was also with Reggie back in uh, 2010, I did, uh, and then there were none. Played the part of Detective Blore, another British accent. <laughs> um, and I had done theatre back home in Ireland. I did a school play um, when I was 16, 17. Did some one-act community theatre, things like that back then. Um, lucky to find the, the production of And Then There Were None going on, when I had some free time. Uh, then my daughter was born and various other things got in the, uh, in, in, the, in the mix in the, in the meantime, and uh, my wife was uh, kind of looking, she gets the emails from, from PMNL and sees while all the productions are coming, says, hey, they're doing Spamalot. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll 
I'll give it a go. I kind of threw an application for the uh, the audition in, and I think at about 6 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. on the Tuesday night. I'm like, oh, what the hell, I'll go ahead and have a go. And because uh, I love, obviously love Monty Python, a great fan of the Holy Grail. Didn't know too much about Spamalot itself. I knew it existed, but I, I knew the Holy Grail, and that's kind of what I came in for. So, um, so yeah, it was just a lucky accident, A, that it was put on in the first place. I had no idea about that, so that's so cool. But also just that, uh, that my wife happened to be... Uh, looking at her emails and said, hey, why don't you, you try out for it? So I came along and uh, the audition was fun and, and the callback was fun and I've been having a blast ever since. So, Yeah, and I, I think it's fair to say that you are sort of not only on stage the you know, the king of, of, of uh, Camelot, but also you're um, very well liked um, backstage by the cast and crew so people gravitate towards you because of that. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot to say about theater when it comes to um, whether you're on the cast or in the cast or on the crew, um, the nicer you are to the people that you work with, the more they want to be around you. And I think that that camaraderie really started early in the process and people have sort of gelled together because, um, you know, being sort of an outsider to this show because I'm not in the cast, but I am, you know, part of the crew. Um, obviously, when you start to see the cast at first, there's a lot of like, you know, awkwardness. We don't know each other. We don't, you know, don't understand each other. And you're building that um, that camaraderie and, and, and timing and stuff like that. But um, there was a point where I was like, you know, I wonder if, you know, if they're hanging out outside of the theater and that kind of thing. And so I was kind of nervous because, you know, this is a very particular brand of humor. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Monty Python. It's very British. It's very dry. Um, it's very in your face. And so, you know, going into tech week and then also then we went into the preview performance which was the thursday night before we opened it was like it snapped and everything just sort of fell into place the 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 cast was on their game the crew was on their game everything just went well and it's been a very very smooth um ride ever since i mean we've had you know hiccups like every show does when you do live theater but for the most part it's just been really really fun to see and um you can tell that the chemistry that happens on stage is a result of the chemistry that happens, you know, backstage and, you know, you guys go to karaoke and all that kind of stuff. So that's really, really cool <laughs> to see. Um, now, obviously, when you auditioned for the show, Colin, was King Arthur the role that you wanted or were you just like, I, I will be in anything in this show. I just want to be in this show. King Arthur would have been my first choice. I did put down, I checked a couple other ones off, but I also kind of, I think I said at one point, because I sang it, uh, Always Look in the Bright Side of Life was my, my song. Sure. Patsy would, you know, would, any part, just to be a part of it, even if it was the historian or, or the voice of God or anything. But um, yeah, Arthur would have been my first choice just because I'm such a massive fan of the way Chapman does that in the movie. I just, countless hours spent with my friends back home quoting the, the film endlessly so um i didn't expect i was going to get it but it was definitely my my first choice and then you know any other round table or other parts would have been now your wife told you about coming or coming to audition for the show has she seen the show yet she has seen the show three times and she's got two more times to come uh, at the weekend yeah just for just with various friends and family members um my daughter my daughter uh, has, has been a trooper and she's come every night but they the good thing is they've enjoyed it every time sure so um and and I just a, a, another kind of um I know the word I'm looking for but just a kind of credit to the, the the chemistry of the cast and the fact that we've come together to put this on that every time they've come to see it they've not been bored once um and they have like I said two more shows 
uh, to go. So it's uh, it's been a fun time for them. How old is your daughter? Thirteen. She's thirteen. Does she get this she kind gets, of humor? She kind of does. She she gets the silliness. One of the things I noticed, and I, uh, they were here opening night, and we have the bits where the the words come out and they misspell. Yep. Camelot, and I, I as I'm standing at the front of the stage with the Lady of the Lake at that part, and I kind of glanced in because they were second row, <laughs> and they spelled out the camel toe on the thing, and I saw her kind of <laughs> <laughs> chuckling. And, my, and she, she's very she's very shy and quiet and, and reserved. I think you met her on the first night, and um, but she does like the silly. And I love the silliness, and that's part of one of the you know, one of the main reasons I, I love the whole um, the idea of Python is silliness. So my, my wife did tell me that she was she was outwardly giggling throughout the whole performance. So, so. Um, is your wife from Ireland too, or is she? American? No, no, she's she's she was born in uh, in Wisconsin and grew up in in Round Lake. So you know we met online. So that's how I I got out here, and uh, I've been here since uh, 2005. So 18 years in September. Well, congratulations, Thank and you. also shout out to Wisconsin, the best mm. state north of Illinois. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Geography is not my strong suit, so you might you might want to check my math on that. It is definitely north. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Don't ask me to lead a, a band of, of recently knighted men to... Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know which way to go. You, could, you couldn't do. Yeah, you couldn't if do the much sun is to the left, then I don't know. Um, and then finally, my my third guest is um, Natalie Colgan. She's the music director for the show. She, uh, like I, um, discovered well, not discovered. We both started participating here at PMNL um, during Sister Act, which was during was that February? Yes, January? it went up. Yeah, February. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Natalie, um, tell us a little bit about your experience with this show and also maybe your history dating back to Sister Act and that kind of thing. Well, Sister Act, I didn't even know about this theater, and I've been in this area for a long time. Slacker. I know. Um, I actually heard about it from a friend who was in The Christmas Story, uh-huh. and she told me about Sister Act auditions, and I kind of like Colin, I signed up the day I auditioned. And I was like, I don't even know where this theater is. Then I park. And I'm, wa- I'm walking, and I'm like, I, where is this? And I didn't realize it was like a legit storefront. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'll never forget walking in and walking into the auditorium for the first time and going, huh, wow. Because it's such a cute, tiny little theater. It was not what I was expecting at all. Um, so I got cast in Sister Act, and it's been amazing. Um, and through that, kind of the my music ability and choreography ability kind of came to light. So that's when Reggie approached me and talked to me about music directing Spamalot. Um, it wasn't something that I wanted to audition for and just being in a show prior to that, um, I like to give back before getting back on stage. So that's why I am here. And as far as this show is concerned, because obviously most people are aware of Monty Python and the Holy the Quest for the Holy Grail, and now Spamalot has become sort of part of that lexicon. And there's a lot of very, um, there's good songs, there's mm. good tunes in this show. Um, many of them have, um, you know, slapstick humor um, woven into the, the lyrics and such. So for you being sort of, I don't know, classically trained, if I could um, mm-hmm. say that phrase, did you have any hesitation or sort of um, difficulty with getting the cast to, you know, you obviously want P. 
people to sing well because it's a musical and people are paying to hear people sing well. But at the same time, there's a characterization part of it where it's not supposed to sound like opera or not right. supposed to sound like a, a church choir. So can you speak to that? Yeah. So as a classically trained musician, um, you know, I do opera performance as well. Um, it definitely is a different teaching style for me um, to pull out some of those characterizations and the voices that, um, especially like some of the girls do when they have to bring their voices up to a higher pitch or a more like maybe whiny sound. Um, but that's one of my favorite things about musical theater is that there's so many different ways to interpret things um, and you get to play a character. And so when you do like vocal performance, if I'm performing with an orchestra, I don't get to play around with those sounds at all. Um, so this show in particular has been fun because of all the crazy words. And I was not familiar with Spamalot um, at all. And <laughs> so coming in and like teaching this music, the cast was telling me how to pronounce some of these words. And I was like, yep, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> because I didn't know. And some of the words are just silly and didn't make any sense. So you heard me say this, but what I meant was what you said, which is the correct way. And I was just testing you to make sure that you were saying it the right way, which is why I said it the wrong way. Of course, obviously. Or something. Mm -hmm. um, Reggie, so you, um, to sort of shift gears here just a little bit, um, you are the president of the board of directors here. How long have you been involved with um, PMNL theater or just theater in general, but also sort of dating back to your beginnings and um, what kind of theater involvement do you have aside from maybe just doing or being the, the president of the board and directing this show? Well, I did start in high school, my interest way back when. I was a thespian, and then I went off to college. I was at U of I for a while, and Cranert Center there had so many opportunities. I got to do opera um, in terms of technical. I got to learn lighting and um, watch backstage and learn some of those uh, tricks too. They had small studios, they had the big operatic um, auditorium, so I had fun doing that. And when I was a youngster in the area, I actually came here and saw some shows at PMNL. And so I kind of fell in love with this little tiny theater that was trying so hard with a community theater to put things on. So came back in the summer. I was in between looking for something and they had auditions. I tried out. And ever since then, that was 1984. So we're looking at 39 years this summer, my 40th year with them. And they invited me in to be in a show. I went off and got a job that was not in the area all the way down in Batavia. And it didn't matter because I was hooked and came back here and started doing everything for them. Tech, backstage, in the shows, dancing, singing, lead parts, whatever needed to happen. So um, it was early. The very next year, they invited me to be on the board because they saw that I was here working and doing the hard work as well as the fun stuff. And they asked me, hey, we need some young things to be on our board. We need some <laughs> other, you know, <laughs> ideas. And so I said, really? Okay. And so throughout the years, I've done everything but treasure on the board. I've been on and off the board now and again, president, the different secretaries, VP of ops for quite a while to get things running. But yeah, uh, my heart is in here because uh, I just love the good bones that are here. And uh, every so often we have new waves of people come through, such as me, who are 23, get out of college, get here, are invited in and find a, a home and uh, use their talents here. So along those lines, I mean, 
I live in I live in Racine, Wisconsin. I live about thirty miles away, and I was aware of this theater because um, I grew up in in Paris Township, and I went to high school um, at Central High School, um, which you know obviously I'm not trying to plug, but I was very aware of this theater's existence. I've seen shows here before, but never ever um, uh, auditioned for shows here, mostly because. Um, you know, I, I moved more into the city and I got involved in other things and, and stuff like that. So sort of to your point about, you know, people, youngsters walking in here who maybe not be aware, aren't aware of the theater, what would be your advice to them about if someone were curious about wanting to get involved here? What What's sort of the, uh, you know, what is the, uh, how do I phrase this? What would you be your advice to youngsters or may, maybe even people who are a little bit older who are curious about wanting to see what this place does and, and how it operates and maybe even becoming involved here, whether it be on stage or backstage? Well, I would say, as the saying goes, <clears throat> show up, come by, because you're going to find some soul here who looks you in the eye and says, what are you interested in? Oh, we have something like that. Let me show you. They'll take you on a tour. They'll show you the different things so that you can... This is how it, it happened with me, and a number of people have been here these 40 years. If you talk, there's some people just recently who were downstairs ushering. It was the same thing. They are just like, someone entrusted me and asked me to come along and then called me on the phone when I left my number and said, oh, we could really use someone backstage. Can you come on the fly? And so when you show up and do that, people then uh, begin to trust and begin to see the various things that you're interested in and start handing over some of those responsibilities and training. So that's, I would say, youngsters right now. Come on out. Come to see a show. Come and show up on a Saturday when our door, side door is open. Uh, leave us an email. Uh, text a friend. Go through to Facebook and tell someone because it all comes back. It's starting to filter back to me that I will call and talk to people and just say, hey, someone said that you were injured. Why don't you stop by? And we just got a new lovely scenic artist, Lenny, because one of our members saw him at a bunco game and mentioned hmm. we need Bunk people out. who do this. And she said to me, oh, I saw this, this gentleman who really knows how to do um, artistry, you know, big time murals, and I know we need some more help with that. What do you think? I said, send him around. We're painting this weekend. I'm going to be here. You get him to that door and I will take him on a tour and we'll talk. And sure enough, he helped with uh, the background and spam a lot and he's very happy. Came to the cast party, I believe, uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, so. How about that? Um, now, and he was an older gentleman, retired. So for him, there it is. He's like, I want to give back. I have skills. Um, here's something I was always interested in. Sure. Um, as a newer member myself, um, and I think this is worth mentioning, you did um, sort of a new member orientation mm -hmm. um, where all of the new members were invited to um, a nice little potluck and we, we we ate we sat down we 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 talked but also we discussed what our interests in 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 theater in this theater would be and in, in the areas that we could help and maybe try to grow or see if we we could be of service so as someone who travels you know 30 miles to participate in this theater i can tell you personally that um it's a wonderful experience here um everyone is welcome here um, it's a great place to come and sort of flex your creative muscle, whether that be on stage as an actor or actress or backstage um, shifting the scene or doing costumes. There's just a lot of it's it's almost like a blank canvas and you can add your own little corner of of whatever the scene you want it to be. But there's so much um, there's so much potential here for growth 
for anyone who wants to come and be themselves. Um, I always say the great thing about community theater is it's the one place you don't have to act, um, you know, because the community theater tends to attract, um, you know, people who are different, maybe a little strange or aren't necessarily socially um, adept at hanging out with people, but they can come to community theater and be amongst others that are sort of like them. And I, and I love that about community theater because it's, um, it's a place where people who maybe feel that society is not their best friend can come and feel like they're welcomed and that they're involved and that what they do matters. And I think that that's a, a very um, true statement about this theater is that um, it's no different. So, um, you know, like Reggie was saying, if you are interested or curious about what this theater does or being involved, show up to a show, uh, come to an audition, send an email, click on the Facebook, um, call the box office, whatever the case may be. Um, and just a bit of trivia that everyone here knows, um, there was a gentleman who's in the show, he plays uh, uh, Lancelot, who did not show up to audition. He happened to be walking by uh, and saw a sign on the front of the building that said Spam-a-Lot at PM&L Theater, and he came into the, the lobby thinking, hey, I, you know, I would love to see that show. That sounds like it would be really, really fun, and how do I get tickets? And that turned into him auditioning um, for the show, and he's, he yeah, plays we one of the nights. We weren't desperate. We just saw a good find. <laughs> and this has been said by other cast members as well, but it is the most Lancelot way Absolutely. Of finding his yes. way into the play. Yes. And, <laughs> a little and less I'm, murdery, though. Yeah. A little less homicidally, but yes. yes. And you know what? I'm so glad he did because um, I, I love working with him so much. and it's, I love working with everybody. It's such a great cast. But that, is to, that, that story, I never get tired of hearing it. It's hilarious because I remember seeing him when we were all done with callbacks and yeah. we were all kind of heading filtering, but it was our first kind of introduction to each other. We're like, ooh, what do you think we're going to get? And there he is standing in there by the piano. <laughs> And then I come, I come to the first read through, and he's and there he is sitting there. And oh my god, he, he got a part. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. And again, I'm I'm so glad that he that he found his way here. So it's, my other favorite story about him is we only saw him audition. Like he sang the song and he did a cold read, mm -hmm. and then I needed to hear more. So I asked him to send me a recording of yes. Bright Side of Life. I Do you love remember this story? <laughs> and he's. <laughs> He sends me this recording. It's a video, mm -hmm. and he is dressed head to toe as a knight in nice. armor oh, wow. with a sword. <laughs> yes, and he's singing <laughs> "Bright Side yes. of Life" but in character. I mean, it was it was amazing. And and his horses are named Excalibur. Yes, yes they are. His horses. Yes, it's meant to be. When it's just like when oh. You're meant to be in this. It's Does amazing. that video still exist? Oh yeah. Because I would love 100%. to see it. I totally I have it. <laughs> we should we should play it on the projection screen we here. Should, yeah. Oh, I have it. <laughs> that would be. I'm sure he wouldn't kick up any fuss. Never. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, but, he's but, our late bloomer. He <laughs> has not been doing anything on the stage forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. since high school, I think. Right. Said, right? Yeah. High school, and so it's like whoop. And it's like he never left. Yep. Right. I mean, you know, obviously he's probably he was probably rusty when he came in to, to audition. But the fact that he came in and just did a cold read and sang and then dressed from head to toe <laughs> in a suit away. of armor yep. and recorded it and sent it in is just a testament to like that's what theater is for for people who are serious about it. But also like a testament to this theater that this person just walked in expecting to 
ask about buying tickets. And instead of just saying, yeah, go to pmnltheater.com and buy tickets or here, we'll sell you some tickets. It turned into an audition and probably a member who will be here for a very, very long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's really, um, that's really the important thing here is there's so many people involved in this production who, again, maybe this is their first production or they haven't done a show in a long time like Colin, yeah. um, who are now being bit by the acting bug again, and they're going to be here for a very long time. And, and these are good people. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want in a community theater is good people who um, are easy to work with. They're respectful. They put, you know, they put out good product, whether it's on stage or backstage. But more importantly, that they are, um, they're decent to everyone that they interact with. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're on the subject of you having not done theater in a long time, um, Colin, um, I wanted to ask you about, because you said your um, last show was with Reggie in 2010, and it was yes. called... And Then There Were None. And Then There Were None. The, the Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So along those lines, I'm, I'm assuming that your break in theater is because you started a family, you got married, your daughter, that kind of thing. Parts of that. My, my daughter was born shortly. I had a, a, an older son. Um, the other thing is as well, and this is going to sound so silly, but I... All these plays that come up, and I'm thinking, well, that doesn't have any English accents, you know, that doesn't, and I don't, I don't know if I can do a, a, a play with all Americans in it and be kind of natural as that. So I was always kind of hesitant to try that. I may give it a go going going forward, but um, it was always just little things, finding excuses, I guess. But uh, when this one came up, I I had to to go for it. I don't think it's silly that you that you think that, and maybe it is sort of an excuse so that you don't have to take the plunge. But I also think, and I could be speaking for myself and Reggie, you can certainly chime in here, but I don't think that if you came and auditioned for a show that doesn't specifically say that you need to be American or sound American, that you would be turned away. Um, I think that that's kind of the idea that someone would turn you away because of that seems dubious to me. So maybe Reggie. Yeah, not me. Okay. Of course, I'm the odd one. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But also... We have some people in this show who, um, and bless their hearts, they're not very good at accents. And so they sound as American as I do, but nobody kicks Mm. up any fuss. And that's okay because they're giving it 110% on stage. Mm -hmm. They're not being turned away or being told, hey, where's your accent? And if you don't do your accent and this and that, you can't be in the show. And I think it's the same thing. We could be doing, you know, um, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. And which is obviously not uh, a, a British show no. or an Irish show. <laughs> no, it is not. But why couldn't you be in that show too? Would you be allowed? Would you still carry your Irish card? I don't think I don't think they care. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, acting is acting. No, and that, and that's a great point. And, and there was that you know just finding the right the right thing and everything else. But uh, um, yeah, I, I I do kind of think it would be like maybe I I should have done a couple more because um, then I would have got to know a lot of these really really great people a lot sooner. We've, we've missed you. I I've, know. He went away after then. There were none. We had so much fun in it that was a great one. Time. And then it was just like, oh, okay. Well, he has things to do. And, then and I didn't, uh, yeah. And that wasn't, uh, well, well, certainly wasn't my intention. And I didn't realize how much I missed this place until I came back. And um, first of all, I, I saw it with Spamalot. And then whenever I found out you were directing it again, I thought, okay, well, okay, I, I'm going to have to go back. So at least I can say hello. And uh, we can reconnect again. And, uh, and then I met this wonderful group of people who I would have got a chance to meet a lot earlier had I, had I come back. So um, when time allows, I'm 
it's not going to be as long a whip next time is my hope so and Good. do you now that you've come back obviously you've been bitten by the acting bug for several reasons does your wife do theater she would like to and that's one thing she just decided that this was the play that she and i hope she doesn't mind me because um, i think she's going to listen to this but we can edit uh, it out we, <laughs> no it's, it's okay but what's your wife's name michelle michelle um, if you're I, listening to this let me know and we can edit it out and I can re-record Colin saying how wonderful you are. Well, she is wonderful and, every, and, and, that, and everything else besides, but she, she, she would really like to do it. I think she'd really like to do a play with our daughter, Sydney. Um, and I re, re, we tried to get her to sign up for Legally Blonde, but she's, she's very talented. She's very shy, but she's very talented. She's a very good singer she's, and everything else. Uh, she just didn't want to do it. Come to find out, my wife, we, my wife and I are both at CLC right now. We're kind of going back to school and getting our, our education again. And her teacher, her economics teacher, her daughter was in Legally Blonde. So then they started talking about that and she can't, that's the reason that they came back on Friday night was because her teacher was coming to see the play here. So yeah, she would definitely like to do a play. She's just waiting for the right one to come along. And um, and yeah, I think she every, every so often, she gets excited because the, uh, the new lineup's gonna be announced tomorrow and, and everything else is coming up. So. I hope to, I'd like to do one with her, but I think maybe it's best if she does one on her own first, gets it out of her system, sees what she uh, sees what she thinks about it, if she wants to do it again, and then because I, I come from a family with a, a, a big theater background, not not necessarily my parents, but my my aunt is, was a massive fan of musicals. She would go to London to the West End, terrified of birds. So <laughs> <she> would, <laughs> Me too. Would, Me she, too. She would have to be led through Trafalgar Square by her cousin. Oh my. <laughs> With her eyes closed because the pigeons were everywhere. And she's the only person I know who's ever had a bird in her house. And my, my dear Aunt Peggy, who uh, departed from us a long time ago, but she would be so happy that, uh, that I was doing that. My cousin is a, an artistic director in a theatre in Edinburgh, Scotland. So, and, and his dad, my uncle, the, uh, the, the British tradition of the pantomime, the pantomime dame was my uncle. Uh, that was the, the cross-dressing part of that. And then my, sure. my, my cousin would write them. So um, I come from that good, great tradition, and it, it, it would be good to get them involved as well. So, yeah. I love that you have a, a very theatrical family. And has your wife done theater before? No. But she wants to. She would like to, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Uh, neither can I. I think it's going to be great. And, and now, you know, now obviously the, the, the kids are older and everything. We've got a lot more free time now, and it's, it's just, we have the luxury of being able to do that now. So, so when should we expect her? <laughs> I, I think the radio show coming up would be a great start for her if she's a little okay. hesitant because then it's not all the moving around in costumes right, so much. It's right. the voice and doing It's getting used to, to reading the part. But the story, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens when the new season comes out and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But, yeah, I think it's cool that she, want to, she wants to have a go. And I think, um, I think she would have probably liked me to have done a few more in, in, the, in the interim as well as I, as I would have done. So, um, But, again... Things things work out the way they work out, and I'm just so glad that I got to be a part of this one because um, it's it's been amazing. So I think we're glad that you're a part mm, of this. One. Absolutely, yes. I think it. I think you being in this show really legitimizes a lot of things, um, and I don't think that's overstating it. But the fact that you are from Ireland, which is n the neighbor of well, I'm, I'm from the little bit at the top that's the in the UK, bit. so I'm in the Northern Ireland bit. But yeah, I mean, grew up on. A, a, I'm a, a big student of, of British comedy and, and how you can do little things with just a, a raise of your eyebrow or right. a, an inflection in your voice. And I love it to bits. And 
I, I, I love comedy. I, I've, I always have loved comedy. I've, I've done a couple of dramas, but I, I always love the comedy. But usually I get a lot of the jokes. And one of the, one of the best things about this is I get to provide the the setup. You're for, the straight man. For, yeah. yeah, the straight man for everybody else. I get a couple of good ones of my own, yeah, I, you do. of course. But um, but it's the... Uh, it, it's just being the, being the straight man, being that setup line, so that someone else just gets to have their little their little moment, and it's like that. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, then I get to, to to have my little bit. Unfortunately, act two, I, I'm just a whiny little self-absorbed thing, and poor Patsy gets all the, <laughs> the the hassle. But no, this this is as like I said, this this has been amazing. So. It's, um, and you mentioned a couple of times that the season is revealed tomorrow. We'll get to that here in a second because yeah. I'm going to try to uh, coax Reggie into revealing the season <laughs> here um, instead. <laughs> no, um, Natalie, as yes. long as we're talking about families and stuff like that, um, you're a mom, a wife, yes. um, a working professional. And so how do you find time for theater and also same question to you as i sort of asked colin you know do you want your family to be involved in theater whether it be on stage or backstage or whatever the case may be yeah so i have twin eight-year-old girls um that are very different um and when i when I auditioned for Sister Act, I had a family meeting with them and I kind of explained what it was gonna look like because I haven't done a show since before COVID. Um, and they were little when I did it, so they don't really remember much. Um, but I told them it was going to take me away from bedtime routines and, and kind of all of that stuff that encompasses being a mom at the end of the day. Um, and the way that I explained it to them is, is they each have their own thing, like Charlotte, dances and Madeline does horseback riding and that's like what fills their cup and so I tried to relate to them and say theater musical theater dancing this singing is that's what fills my cup and mommy needs to take some time to do something for herself so that I can be more present you know with my kids um and my they're great I mean they're eight years old so you know it depends on the day but for the most part they're wonderful um and it helps, you know, my husband um, works from home. So if, you know, he's always there. So he watches them if I need to be at rehearsal. Um, and the same thing with um, the girl's dad is they're very flexible with our schedule. So if there's something going on, I have a weekend, I need to be here. It's not a problem to switch, um, switch things around. So, but it is hard to find the time. I mean, I'm a busy person um, and I was doing two shows simultaneously because I was doing Legally Blonde mm -hmm. and this started at the same time. And Only that was... two, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie's the president mm -hmm. and okay. she's directing All herself. right, okay. okay. Get, All on, right. get on her level, please. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there she goes. No. no, but please continue. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's. I was just going to say, like, just finding the time is exactly... Like, I have to find the time because this is what makes me happy. Um, and I don't know if I realized what I was missing, kind of like Colin, and, yeah. until I came and kind of put myself out there. And now I find that I don't want to leave. Like, the yeah. people that I've met, the friendships that I've made, um, it, I realized, like, I needed that in that moment. Um, and I think with Sister Act, it was a little bit different than Spamalot because we didn't really, as a cast, get together like, it was just the nuns all the time. Yes. I didn't even know the rest of the cast until Tech Week. There's guys like, in this show? I was show? like, who are these people? <laughs> and 
and we all became very close very quickly um, during Tech Week and and but Spam a lot. Everybody's been here pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. Yep. So you guys were really close starting from the beginning, um, and that was really cool to see like your your bond and your friendships grow in such a different way than it grew in Sister Act because we weren't all together until Tech Week. So yeah, I guess the 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 bond here sort of ran parallel with sort of how the show works, which yes. is everyone came together um, as individuals, and then as the rehearsal progress and the run progressed, then the, the bond started to form, and then you know the nights got close, and the mm-hmm. ensemble got close, and everyone got close. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see, because you know sitting in the booth every night um, that a show happens, and you guys know this, I laugh at a lot of things. Yeah. Even yes. things that are, are stupid to me, I laugh at them. And so there are points in the show where it is dead silent in the audience and you'll just hear me And you'll guffaw. hear an orgy. Oh, yeah. Because, Can't miss it. Because there's some, like, every show is different because, you know, you said something before, like you raise an eyebrow mm-hmm. or you give a look or someone turns, you know, turns their head a little bit and it's just so funny to me. Um, and I think that's part of the joy of this show. There's so many, um, there's so many dry moments that are just so silly. Um, specifically, um, when King Arthur says to... Um, uh, the priest, uh, uh, Bro- brother, brother, brother Maynard, Maynard yes. and um, <laughs> skip you know, a bit. Yes. Right, he skip says a bit. skip a bit, and then Brother Maynard gives this look, shrugs, closes his Bible, <laughs> gives it to one of his acolytes, and starts skipping around with like a, a straight face. Right? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's the it, that's like you said. It's the way he just kind of looks at me, and goes, "Okay," closes the book, and, and I'm just. Right. That's not what I meant. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's just, yeah, he, he plays it so straight. Oh, that, I love that scene every or, night. Or where, when, um, <laughs> when, uh, when Dennis is about to be knighted, and yep. you say, come kneel, <laughs> and he's like, Dennis. It's Dennis. The, yeah. Would you please reveal to this darling Thomas, Dennis? <laughs> and he got he got me in a um, in a dress in the dress not the dress rehearsal the pickup rehearsal. So we're doing that final bit where the lady of the lake reveals her name. Right. So I say, Do you have a name? Of course I have a name. What is it, Dennis? He, he says from the background that that's just that. Never mind that Patsy was killing me during I'm All Alone by crying his eyes out. I mean I, I just couldn't couldn't stop laughing. But then just that little Dennis. Uh, it, it's, it's it's those little things that getting the silliness on because. We, everybody needs to be silly a lot more often, mm-hmm. and especially this, in this day and age. Oh my God! And this has been such, such a great opportunity to be silly. And I'm therapy, I, right? I yeah, and I'm I'm not ready for it to be over yet. But it's it just the I know we've got one more weekend of it left, and whatever you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to stay in touch beyond then. But um, it's just just a little just messing around, putting your makeup on, being silly, doing silly voices, and and uh, getting ready for the show, and just the way everybody is really been very supportive everybody uh you know backstage stage crew cast ensemble principals everybody has just been um really tight and um yeah. it's i've not experienced that with another production really honestly before that i've done where it's where we have been that close from a very early time right and i i know i remember the one rehearsal when i had the round table separate from the ensemble mm-hmm. and i had said hey, I, I don't appreciate musicals that I'm in where the um, star group is different from the chorus group. I said, because that just doesn't do anyone good. I said, so I asked you all the wrong table. I said, could you please make sure to be the models and the connectors that way? Make sure that any of our ensemble who are new feel welcome and part of the fun because they don't get all those lines. And I think uh, the round table knights did a great job making them 
we all all be feel that their part was not unimportant. Their part is is holding everything together. I don't think there was there was never any question that we would would have done that even if we hadn't have been asked because um, those those chorus and ensemble people they've got oh the. They haven't quite got as many changes as the Lady of the Lake has, who is in a different costume every time she comes on the stage. That's for but, sure. Mm -hmm. But those those quick changes backstage, and I'm backstage with some of them, I'm on stage with some of them. But yeah, those those the chorus and ensemble are, are the most unappreciated always, members of the onstage crew. Most I mean, backstage, but most musicals, so yeah. yeah, there was yeah that that was never going to be a a question that we wouldn't make them feel just as much a part of it as, as, as everybody else. Well, is. and it's no secret, too, that, you know, the backstage area isn't very roomy. It is not. So in many cases, a lot of the ensemble members um, have to run off stage mm -hmm. and get changed very quickly in not a lot of space. And it's, you yep. know, it's not well lit or anything like that. So um, it's... It's, it definitely speaks to their tenacity that they yeah. want to be in the show and that they're, I mean, the, the ensemble comes in and they just, they lay it down every single time and, and it's it, it's such a good supporting cast of, of characters here. Um, supported, of course, by the crew. Um, we have a very good crew here. It's not a huge crew, um, which is sort of strange because this show kind of needs a huge crew. There's a lot of props. There's a lot of um, moving pieces. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of uh, music cues. There's a lot of lighting cues. So um, the fact that we're able to sort of accomplish all of this with such a skeleton crew is pretty remarkable, yeah. um, considering that there's so much going on in the show. Well, we got some of the best. We do. That's why. So our musical director, who's <coughs> also our caller, Aww. our sound designer, who's also our mic and projectionist, yes, yeah. and our stage manager, who also is our stage hand and uh, run around and dresser. So and we have, we and have then we have Jenna, our say, lovely yeah. new uh, backstage hand, and she's taken to everything. I think she's we've a got soldier. her. We've right? got her. And you know that's like, yes. that's a great way to get to get some of the younger members involved because if you remember during and then there were none when yep. when my wife was. Uh, having heavily pregnant and having to go to hospital, and we had my 11-year-old son came, and uh, and helped out, and he ended up running props on the stage and had an absolute blast. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have a chance to to do any more plays, but um, he he still remembers. And when I told him I was doing another play here, he's like, "Oh my God, this that's so amazing!" And he will be coming on Saturday night. So, um, but uh, but yeah, she's been amazing backstage. She's been helping costume changes. Running props on we I think what is I can't remember how many but it's curtain, every curtain sixty to a hundred yeah. pieces of props that we have yeah that mm -hmm. um, and there really isn't a lot of room back there and you wouldn't know if you're watching it just the the, the amount of activity there is back there and and with the two people to, to manage and you that. would never know that she's involved in that much activity because you know Natalie gets on the headset and she says you know um, can I get confirmation that the curtain is on standby and she's like curtain standing by and yep. like like completely unfazed perfection right yep. there's no like frazzle you know she's not frazzled because she no, just handed no. 85 people their props or she helped with a quick change and she she probably just did but it's curtain on standby it just very yep. yeah yeah never mind she's got 15 clumsy people and knights <laughs> and patsy's backpack swinging around Ooh, yes. and uh, and my sword Flying all over the place backstage, but yeah, um, it's it's been it's it's been amazing. I've tried to get my daughter to come and help, but she she didn't want to do she'll it. Get, but she'll get there. She will get she'll it. Get but there. but that's what I'm, that again. That's just a great way for for kids to get their taste because you get to be just as much of a part of it, even if you're not into play and on stage. You still get to be wrapped up in the silliness. And when they showed up at the at the party last night with their little killer rabbit cupcakes 
and their oh. spam, their yep. spam kebabs. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, it's just like a from top to bottom. It's, it's just amazing. You know, while we're we're giving due and proper to uh, crew members as well, um, Jody, the light tech who came mm. in very late in the process and said, "Yep, I will help out," and she's been, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, running the light board very, very efficiently. And then we have Joseph, who designed the costumes for the show mm-hmm. and did a s- spectacular job with designing the costumes because there's a lot of, um, I think you can take a lot of liberties with this show. And certainly, um, you know, you could also just be very cliche and, mm-hmm. you know, all the knights can be dressed in the same thing and this and that and the other thing. And I just think that there's a lot of fun sort of variety in the show when it comes to the costume, the props. Yeah. There's a couple of um, sight gags in the show that are costume related, and I don't want to give those away, but one of them gets me every single time it comes on stage, and I it, it's like always a surprise to me, but it's always, you know, it's just so funny to me every single time I see it. Um, but the show is um, is so funny, and, you know, I, I often will get in the car when I leave the theater and say, I should have auditioned for the show. It's so much fun. You should have. But then <laughs> but then who would have done the song? You know? Me. I mean, I oh, could have yeah, okay. <laughs> still designed the show. The song, yeah, of course. But, of course. Um, I, you know, and I, I felt like if I auditioned for the show, I feel like a hypocrite because I'm not the biggest Monty Python fan, at least mm-hmm. not of the movies. But now that I've seen this, um, this show, because I'd never seen the show before, um, I think it's worth me going back and taking a second look because I love British humor. I love the irony. I love the dryness. I'm a very dry person myself. Um, you can ask most people. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so you know, I feel kind of silly now looking back at it and saying, "Nah, I'm not going to audition for the show because I don't think I, I'm not a fan of Monty Python." But man, is this funny? This is just oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so ridiculously funny. Um, Oh, one of my favorite is the, what I call the slow burn jokes. Oh, yes. That some people have to see several times before suddenly it like, boing, yeah. it resonates <laughs> in their brain, and then they laugh and laugh. Yep. You know what yours is, right? The slow burn joke that you had? In the show? Mm-hmm. Um, There's a couple, probably. I feel like he had a couple. Yeah. I No. Uh I mean, there's a couple of slow burn jokes in the show that I think are very funny, but I also don't want to. Um, okay, that's right. Yeah, we don't that's want right. to give them away. Um, but maybe when when we finish this episode, because yes. now I'm curious. But no, there's me too, yeah. there's something that I laugh. I mean, <laughs> every single show I laugh at the same stuff, but also there's new stuff that I laugh at because I'm like, oh, I never noticed that, or it's happened a million times, and I maybe I'm looking down at the soundboard or mm-hmm. looking at the computer, and I'm like, has that always been there? <laughs> and then Natalie's like, yeah, it's yes. been there the whole time. And I'm <laughs> the like, whole oh, time. how did I miss it? <laughs> right in front of your face. <laughs> you were um, busy. <laughs> and so I, and again, I don't, I don't want to surprise anyone here. Um, and I normally, and I said this before, I normally very prepared for a podcast episode, and I write questions out and talking points. Um, this has just been a very natural flow of conversation. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, Joshua Armstrong, mm-hmm. um, who was part of the show as both a cast member as well as a backstage hand. And I worked with Josh in Sister Act. It's the only show I've ever done here, mm-hmm. um, or at least the first show I've done here. And him and Carrie, his wife, um, were backstage, and they were they helped with scene shifts, they helped with quick changes, they helped with a lot of things. But um, you know, the nuns very much carried that show. The nuns were on stage 80% of the time. They had 80%, you know, 90% of the songs. They were doing all the choreography and stuff. And it's great to watch because um, 
you just love to see that kind of stuff. And whenever most of the songs in Sister Act are toe tappers, they're just there's they get in your head and you start dancing backstage and you start acting silly. And there wasn't ever a time backstage during Sister Act where there was a good song playing um, or the the nuns were singing where Josh was not humming or singing or dancing along. Um, you know, when when we needed to shift the scene, boom, he's right there and it's done. And he comes backstage and it's back into the the silliness and then him and Carrie were always sitting together mm-hmm. and holding hands and and being affectionate and so um Reggie since you had um the longest time um knowing Josh out of everyone that's here um I'm not sure if you knew him before unfortunately um, I did and I wish I had because the short time I got to spend with him I, I, he was just an amazing guy so um Reggie if is there anything that you could say about Josh and his um uh, his experience here and also his his the the mark that he's left and and also um just any sort of memories with josh certainly um josh was a, a very humble guy about his abilities and so that made him even more endearing because he didn't realize there was more in there to pull out but he did allow at least me as a director and some others to do that to sit there and say i know try this and and try that um but definitely he did love the theater. Even though he didn't think he should be on stage that often, he um, just enjoyed the process of it and wanting to support it. And he had a natural humor about things and about his body and his way of being that put people at ease. And so, again, another joy to have in your show for whatever he could give for a show. And I found his, his hidden talents in there, too, when he was in uh, shows. He was in... Uh, once upon a mattress and again you had to have knights and you know (laughs) people running around in castles and we had one scene where I said to them okay we need a popular culture thing here all you guys are going to drop your mattresses and I want you to do the Charlie Brown song you know where Snoopy and Schroeder's playing and they're in the middle of and they just they're supposed to be paying attention to their director but they don't yep (laughs) and he's just like oh oh but but I'm not sure I can do that. I said, well, why? Because I don't dance so much. I said, oh, oh, no, here, pick one of those, those movements. And he picked a favorite <laughs> movement. He picked the Frankenstein movement that the one uh, Shermie, I think, does with the little lifted arms. Oh, okay. So that was his. Drop the mattresses, and all of a sudden the whole court is doing, uh, you know, Charlie Brown dance. So, yeah, those are some remembrances of Josh. Um, you know, I have to say that... Uh, I think his 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 untimely passing took all of us by surprise, mm-hmm. and when we found out about it, um, it was difficult for everyone. And mm-hmm. I have to give a lot of props to this cast and crew because um, the the natural thing is to be grief stricken because Josh was a very very likable guy, very well liked by um, anyone who he encountered. And we were excited about having him be part of the show, both, again, on stage and backstage. And so when we found out that he passed away, it was really hard news. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have blamed anybody in the cast or crew for saying, you know, because there was a rehearsal scheduled when we found out for saying, you know what, let's just let's just go home and and whatever. And, um you know, and there were one or two people it was a little difficult for, and that's completely understandable. Um, and I certainly wouldn't have knocked anybody, but the fact that everyone sort of agreed that the best way to honor Josh 
was to forge ahead and to continue with the rehearsal and to just to be here and to be in the place that he enjoyed being in so much and be part of the show that he was doing so well in. So, um, you know, it's it's hard because you don't expect those things to happen. Nobody went home the night before the last rehearsal thinking, oh, we're not going to see this person ever again. And then it happens. And then um, you, you sort of don't know how to carry on because it's such a surprise. And so um, I have to say that in addition to the cast and crew being um, incredibly uh, courageous for forging ahead, um, Reggie, I have mm-hmm. to give you a lot of um, a lot of props for sort of continuing to be the leader and putting on a brave face and, and, and leading the troops because you knew Josh. You were very good friends with Josh. You were very good friends with Carrie. And so this wasn't just an actor you were losing. This is a friend. This is a this is a comrade. This is a um, a person that had a lot of years ahead of him in terms of participating in this theater and going to cast parties and 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 being in shows and working on shows and so um in addition to having to be the essentially the spiritual leader of this production you now have to be the um you now have to be the person who sort of rallies the troops and says hey we we gotta press on and so um you know again while while uh it's very sad that he's gone um for all of us um, and I can't imagine um, the grief that his wife Carrie went through and his family and everyone that's involved here that is related to him, brothers and everything else. Um, you know, we, we, we try to pay the proper respect to him every show. You know, he's, um, we put him in the, uh, in, in the bow by uh, a nice picture at the end. And so um, while that doesn't really sum up his body of work and just the enormous um, presence that he had um, on stage and backstage. I think for the cast and crew, it's um, a nice way to say, you know, he's still here, he's yeah. still part of the show. Even yeah. though he's not here physically, he's still part of the show. So um, I wanted to take just a couple of minutes to uh, to give him some, uh, some love and to send love to Carrie and mm-hmm. all of his family, um, many of which are involved with this theater, and say that, um, we uh, we we miss him uh, terribly, and um, we're sorry for the loss that you have and and continue to feel, and hope that you know that everyone here that's recording this episode and everyone involved in this theater would do anything to help you um, work through this grief, whatever it may be. So um, I hope that uh, if you ever need someone to talk to, whether it's me or anyone that's here, um, please take advantage of that because you don't have to. You don't have to go through grief alone. So, well, but one thing, and if, if I might, might bring this up, that was Please. so nice to see was when Carrie was here for dress rehearsal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she was sitting up front with Joseph, and she was laughing along with everybody, and she had the uh, the best time. I think it was just such a really good tribute to him, and I think we all needed that that day, just to to forge on with it, um, so that we could kind of process that in, in, in different ways and I, again I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, I didn't get to, to know him longer but I know there were members of the cast that did and I think that really helped but just to see her there in the audience on dress rehearsal blessing. night yeah, yeah and just and then just her response was just how much she enjoyed seeing how it had all come together 
and um, it's it's just the best way that we can just put that out there for him. So, and to to see and hear her laugh as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, I think she's come to the show a couple of times now, and once she was up here in the balcony, mm-hmm. sort of in front of the booth, and uh, you know I came down the stairs. The booth was very very hot and sweaty, and I you know I did, I. I just need to breathe in order to have a reason to sweat. And uh, I came down, and she had a big smile on her face, and she looked like she was enjoying the show. And I felt bad because I wanted to give her a hug, but I said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a gross, sweaty mess right now. But she was super cool, and, um, again, it was just great to know that she was enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. She was singing along in yes. the balcony. Like yes, she, she I loved it so much. Um, and like you said, Colin, I think that was something the cast really needed was mm-hmm. just to – to know that she was not only here, but that she sort of endorsed mm-hmm. what was happening. Um, yeah. Because obviously, having gone through what she just went through, uh, she could imagine. had she could shut into her bedroom and not come out for a few months, and that would be completely understandable. But she got out amongst us, and she's remarkably um, doing better than most people would mm-hmm. do in the same circumstance. Yeah. And she came to see the show a few times, and she's she's laughing like everyone else is laughing she's singing along like everyone else is singing along so that's it's really a, really it's cool. it's a testament to community theater mm-hmm. absolutely and and just going back to something that you've said reggie from the beginning of this and even the beginning of the show was just how much everybody needed that in general just that to have that something to laugh about again mm-hmm. and and it's it's a it's a great form of therapy i think for for everybody so um let's talk in the positive or a little bit more positive um as far as Spamlot is concerned, I want to ask all of you this question. What is your favorite line and song in the show? And there's, listen. There's no you, right or wrong answer. If you, right, and if you all say the same thing, it's fine because, again, like you said, there's no right or wrong answer. But I'm just curious because I, I quote this show mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Whether someone's in the room or not does not matter to me because I'm laughing either way. Right. Um, but I just I'm curious to know what other people's favorite lines and songs in the show are for them. Oh, my favorite line by far is when Alex or Robin says, "What's he do? Nibble your bum?" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I die every single time. Especially because of the reaction right after that. Yeah. Yes, I. It's just it's the yeah. funniest. Thing. It, the delivery is perfection every single yep. time. It lands every time. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> see, it, yeah. it's a great. It is Come a great see the show because that's how you're gonna laugh. We we we, we chuckle every, every single time. every time. Oh, you, you try being on stage yeah. and oh, not yeah. laughing. I don't know at how that. you guys keep That's straight That's one of the face. reasons I'm like, glad I didn't audition because it's, a, yeah. it's hard for me to stay straight, not on stage, <laughs> but on stage it's like almost impossible. And I think I would probably be in tears the entire show from laughing so ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fight. It, it really is. It's a challenge. <clears throat> what about you, Colin? What's your favorite My line favorite of the line. show? Oh, and it can also it can be one of yours. It too. could be. I have some great ones. I mean, I I, 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 I get to say "shut up" to Bedivere, and, and and it's it's <laughs> you get to way. put all that venom and people, anybody who's a fan of British humor and, and a fan of Rowan Atkinson and Blackadder. That's kind of where my inspiration for that line comes sure. from. Is that, shut up. But um, I think it's <laughs> it's another one of Alex's lines, and we were talking about it earlier. And it's from the from the read through in call uh, callbacks to even now. There's a bit where. He says, what is it you want? And Arthur says, we're looking for men. And he just looks me up and down and goes, I had a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it works. There's so many different ways that it works because I've just said what we're doing, but it's it's yeah. just also it's just the way. And from the that he did that in, in callbacks when we read that scene, and just from then on, it gets me every time. So that's that's probably my favorite. <clears throat> Well, my favorite song is definitely looking on the bright side of life mm. because you think, oh, this is a great cheerful song until Arthur messes it up royally <laughs> by going dark on it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yes, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. You go from sunny disposition to the more like, you know, pessimistic, yeah. um, you know, cynical position, which is yeah. life's a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at it. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. What about a favorite line from the show, Reggie? Do you have a favorite line? I'm sorry. There are way too many because, <laughs> that's fair. you know, you laughing. I told them all. I said, you will hear me laughing from the beginning of rehearsal <laughs> to the last day of the show. If I'm the only person out there laughing because I know it's coming and I still think it's funny. Sure. <laughs> Especially when it's delivered so well that they take the author's intent and just make it come to life. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, favorite song? Favorite song? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there's there's so so many good. They have all been stuck in my head. One thing I will say is that the Lancelot. His name is Lancelot. I I dreamt that song the other night. Um, I woke up singing that song. <laughs> I have did you so have, many questions? Yeah. Did, did you have the yeah. pink sequin? I did, I wasn't I wasn't Lancelot. Um, I, I, I tend to have dreams about productions I'm in, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. usually it's involving me being the only one that isn't off book, and everybody else is getting yes, rid of the work. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just and I walk around that house singing that song to my cats. It's just it's stuck in my head every day. So I think <laughs> I don't know if it's that. It's not necessarily the best song. The best thing about that is there's for reasons which we won't divulge. I am at the back. I am not on the stage at that point, so I get to watch it, uh-huh. and. Um, Every night they nail that number mm-hmm. and it mm. is, it's perfect. But the, the, all the songs are great. The Finland song gets stuck in my head. I just walk around the house singing them all. So, but yeah, that, that particular one is a, a recent earworm. <laughs> I think that's the song probably where I've recently noticed things that have been mm-hmm. happening the yes. entire run of the show <laughs> that I didn't know were on stage that I'm just noticing. Um, case in point, Alex is wearing very, very tight and short jean shorts. Yes. And it's the funniest thing in the world to me because there's also other things in that song that I never noticed before, but I'm like, where did you, like, mm-hmm. those don't look like he bought them. It looks like he took a pair of, like, uh, what do you call them, skinny jeans and took some scissors and cut them to whatever length. And it's the funniest thing ever. But that song is filled with so many sight gags and, it's and funny it's double entendres. It's really great. What about you, Natalie? Um, I think... I love the Broadway number, but honestly, I think some of my favorite parts is when all the knights sing together. I, we have such a strong oh, yeah. round table, mm-hmm. and that sound and the harmonies just lock in, like in all for one. Yeah, um, that gets me every time. I, I just any time that you guys are singing in harmony together, it's just amazing. I know a line that that gets me that not everyone listens to. Uh, is when Arthur is at, around the campfire and he's telling them, tonight, my night, is when we're going to unite. And it's just like, <laughs> what? And then he realizes how redundant and ridiculous it is, you know. <laughs> I do have fun with that one. And, uh, you know, and the, uh, the mystery of history. And then and he gets all philosophical, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. but yeah. That's a good little bit. I think it's important also to note that um, the audience plays a character in this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because depending on 
um, depending on the audience and how they react, it almost becomes funny that they react or don't react. And oftentimes, if they don't react, that's when I laugh because <laughs> I'm not only laughing at the joke, I'm laughing at the ridiculousness that the audience didn't laugh at something that is so clearly funny <laughs> that they're just dead silent. And then you can almost see on stage the look of disappointment from the actor, like, this is so funny, why aren't you laughing? But you can still hear the audience just like the blood flowing through their veins because they're not laughing because maybe they didn't pick up on it or, you know, because British humor is very niche mm -hmm. and not everyone gets it. And so, um, and that's one of the things that I love about it is that not everybody gets it. And it's not often that the audience doesn't laugh, but sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they're just completely deadpan and that's so funny to me. That's the one thing you can't rehearse as well. Uh, every night, it's, mm -hmm. a diff it's a, just a different, mm -hmm. there's, been, there's been a few times where you've got to just kind of, stand there there's at the end of a particular number where i have a playoff that's <laughs> a very funny line but an amazing piece of choreography is just taking place and i'm trying to be very nondescript about which one i'm talking about i'm sure you know which one it is yep. but um where <laughs> where we're just kind of we're just wait, waiting we're just waiting wait. all right audience and they're, they're all and it's well deserved because it's amazing i get to watch it because i don't have much to do during it i'm just like ooh, but um, <laughs> But we have this little exchange, and uh, and I'm just waiting for my line because I know it, it, the longer the audience takes to stop applauding, the funnier my playoff is going yep. to be. Yep. So I'm just like, yep. and then you know the the other actors on stage making little faces at me and everything. And that was, that, <laughs> yes, he does. That was one. That was one point where I'm not sure whether it counts uh, as a genuine corpsing on the stage. But my wife says, "You laughed during that bit last night." I said, "Well, yeah, I was waiting for you guys to shut up." But it was. It just. I love. I love those drawn out bits where it's like I've got a good joke coming up here, and you're just making it that bit funnier by taking yeah. a longer bit to to respond. But um, yeah, and it's it's intoxicating whenever the you mm -hmm. get a good good crowd, and we, we've had some really good audiences in there, and I know our best is yet to come. But it's just when you get your feet off it, you really do, and we all do, and then we all feed off each other's energy, and um, yeah, it's just. We had a gasping laugher the other night. Mm. Yes. Once they got going, yeah. it was just like. There was a point. There was a point in the show because we were talking about this at the, um, the at the cast party yeah. last night. There was a point in the show where they were the only one laughing in the auditorium, and I don't know if it's because they're the only ones who got the joke, or because I, I wasn't really paying attention to the audience at that point. I had a lot of stuff going on with cues and stuff, but all of a sudden we heard, uh, 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 and we lost it in the booth because we're like, what was that? They were in the front row, I will point that out. Yeah. Were they? Yes, they were. Yes, you could hear what oh, And by the room. way, before you guys send me angry emails that I'm making fun of how other people laugh, it's not that, it's just that it's a very particular laugh. And yes. sometimes, and get, they were thoroughly enjoying yes. themselves. I think, I think the best thing, because I was a friend of a cast member, and I just think it's great whenever you've got that support mm -hmm. in, in the audience. Like I've had <laughs> single-handedly three nights of, of, of my people coming in. But um, no, it's just great to see other people's friends and family yeah. in the audience. Like uh, Alex had a big crowd in on, on Friday night. and uh, On his birthday. On, on his, his birthday. birthday, yeah. It was... We had a lot of birthdays throughout the, the run of the show. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's been a great uh, summer birthdays, of course, are the best. I'm not biased, but um, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Exactly. I disagree. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <on that>. Typical. <laughs> but, so it's, it's, just, it's just great to see that, um, to, to hear that out there. And, and uh, I think laughs like that also um, 
help other people laugh. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because again, yes. the audience is a character in mm -hmm. the show, whether they know it or not, they're a character in the show. And sometimes that laughter, whether it's one person, 10 people or 100 people, that becomes so ingrained in how the story is being told. So it's 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 really great. But um, yeah, uh, and, and I know that they were, they knew someone in the cast and they were there to support them. And, and that's great, like you were saying, because obviously you want the people that you know and love to come see the show and support it. But sometimes you don't sign up to be um, the, uh, the person that elicits laugh from other people. And their laugh is very, very particular, like I said. And, you know, I have a stupid laugh. As like, like yours. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a stupid laugh. Norgie's um, laugh should have been in the program. We should like, <laughs> give it some billing credit here. Um, <laughs> it's always a, it's always a surprise when it's going to come up during right? the night yeah. as well. Because right. I can remember bits of it as well. I'm just I'm standing there, and a funny thing's just happened. All you hear is a ha ha. Oh, there he goes again. Which is why I decide every night again when I talk about God Almighty, I will point at you. Yeah. Skip a bit, brother. Oh God, that is. I, that is one of the funniest bits because because he does play it so well the monk's like the king has been okay okay fine no 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 that's not what i meant yeah there i mean and you know again uh, obviously you because you grew up in, in loving and idolizing monty python and you're obviously very familiar with this kind of humor but i think of all the people in the cast and again this is no disrespect to anyone else harold gets it oh yeah he, he, he does yeah. he, he does. knows exactly what the assignment is and he gets an A-plus every single time. And when he comes on stage, um, especially as Brother Maynard, it's so funny. It's mm -hmm. like a, one of the high points in the show. And I think, and I, and this is one of those things where I maybe I didn't realize it. Does he also come on as a French painter? Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> he <Yes>. does. <laughs> I made him a French painter on top of <laughs> He looks like, because I saw, I, I was looking at my computer and then I looked up and I double I did a double take and I put my glasses on and I'm like it looks like the guy um, from Mythbusters, um, Jamie Heineman, who, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He had yes. the big walrus yes. mustache yes. and the beret and the white shirt and I'm like, yeah. is that <laughs> Is that what he was going for? But I didn't realize and he comes on for what, ten seconds? It's right at the end of the in number, the yeah. middle of or at yeah. the end of the song. And pretends that he's painting, and then he walks off, and it's so funny. He makes a little face at us as we're we're in the middle of the thing, and, and then yes, he walks on so serious as, as yeah. Brother Man at the end, and the Book of Armaments, and just yes. it's an iconic piece of the of the of the film, yeah. and that's one of the good things. Is when I was telling my friend back home, who we used to sit up to the wee hours of the morning quoting the Holy Grail with each other um, that I was in and he said, oh, is this scene in there? Is this scene in there? Is this one? Yeah, the coconuts are in there and there's a few ones that aren't, but uh, all, all, the, all the, the key hits are in there. So. Yeah, and it's great because you can tell when there are like true Monty Python fans in the audience mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when some of those more famous lines come up, I fart in your general direction, you can hear them mm -hmm. um, like laughing, like, oh yeah, that's, that's the line I was waiting for. Or um, Bright Side of Life, when yep. the audience is audibly whistling along. Oh, yeah. when that's good, because none of us on stage yeah. knows how to whistle. So. <laughs> even when you're not supposed to be whistling at all in the yeah. song, they're still whistling. Like, and it's the coolest thing, because again, the audience is part of the show. We have heard audience members anticipating the lines as well. It's funny, you'll hear them kind of talking to each other, this bit's coming up. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you forget your lines, they're there to prompt yeah. you. <laughs> And if that were me on stage, I'd be like, hey, what's my line here? Because I, <laughs> I forgot it. Um, again, um, 
Monty Python, Spamalot, Final Weekend um, at PMNL Theater in Antioch. PMNL, I'm sorry, PMLTheater.com for tickets and information. Um, there's a show on Friday at 8 p.m. There's two shows on Saturday. We typically don't do double shows here, at least not, not that I've experienced. Uh, there's a matinee at 2.30, and then there's an 8 p.m. show on Saturday. And then the final curtain is uh, 2.30 on Sunday. I don't know how many tickets are left. I don't think there's very many left. I, I, I think the Saturday matinee is probably the only yeah. one where there's, mm-hmm. there's seats left. I, as far as I'm aware, next Sunday is sold out. So. Yep. Um, but it's just been a great run. Um, I think there's a lot of people, again, who are very familiar with Monty Python, maybe even familiar with Spamalot, because it's a popular show, and it pro- you know pops up every so often in the area, and it's great um, that so many people know the show and, and want to see it, but I was, um, I was delighted. I've been delighted and continue to be delighted with the reactions to the show because there's so much going on in the world right now with uh, mm-hmm. politics and everything else, and theater is so important to people in terms of um, forgetting about all of that junk that happens outside of the auditorium for a while and just enjoying the moment and laughing. Or putting it into perspective helps put that in perspective. Sure. If we can laugh about political stuff, the mud scene. <laughs> Dennis. Where they go, yeah, Dennis and then Mother Galahad go on and on and on about uh, political structure. Right. And it's just like, and laugh about it. It's like, yeah, people, you know. Uh, oh, you want to bring class into it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another iconic scene right. from, from the movie. So yeah. You're joy. just fooling yourself. <laughs> I didn't vote for you. Um, that, I think, is my favorite line. I guess that is the one. Every single time, because the audience appreciates that yeah. one mm-hmm. to pieces. Well, I didn't vote for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as we start heading towards the uh, finish line here of this episode um i want to bring up a couple of other things in my experience with theater um they obviously most of them sell uh you know bottles of water here's a candy bar here's you know a crouton uh, <laughs> i mean I well, that'd pretty be much apropos for spam a lot right much. spam um, spam on toothpicks that's actually i feel like maybe we missed an opportunity yeah. <laughs> some marketing there um but this theater has a really really proper concession stand you could e- almost even call it like a full bar um can you talk to everyone about the concession stand here and also the fact that um what you call tribute hall um is sort of like um I don't know, almost like a, a small pub within the theater space. Yes, our concession area was built to make sure that all our wonderful patrons who had been longtime members didn't have to go down in our basement anymore to get their what was called PMNL um, punch, which mm-hmm. was Hawaiian punch with um, lemon lime mm-hmm. soda in it. That was what we used to have. But now you can come and get some craft beers and uh, wine. You also can have a chance, like, I like to talk with the concession people when we have a show coming up. Hey, is there something that can kind of tie in? I said, I think we're going to need to have some red herring, some lovely little um, Swedish fish uh, to purchase. So along with the snacks, the usual um, chips, we there are some candies from our local confectionery that makes things. And so we teamed up with them. And there's cow tails, which I won't explain why that is just yet. But the Swedish fish are down there to buy as well. Mm -hmm. 
and um, oh, and some lovely what are they called peeps, some but rabbit peeps instead of <laughs> for sale. That's appropriate. Along with the you know the beverages such as soda, and uh, but yes, it's a nice little spot to hang out before the show. So you come and meet your pal, and you talk about things. You have something interesting to drink. Then you go in, and then it could, at the intermission time, you can come out again and get a quick, oh, you know, I need something salty and crunchy now. And so good variety. And that was the purpose, again, to continue that community. We've talked about sometimes even after the show. People want to talk about a oh, show. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's like, wouldn't that be great? We could have it open. We just need to make sure that we have staff who can do that. And certain shows, it doesn't make sense, but others. I so. love that that this theater, for those of you who aren't um, familiar or haven't been here before, is in the heart of the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, what you would equate to Main Street, because this is Main Street here, um, in any small town that's got, you know, mom and pop shops and restaurants and all this kind of stuff, PMNL Theater is in the heart of all of that. And so that I think that gives it more of a sense of community too, because it's not a theater that, okay, we're part of the community, but we're, you know, we're 10 blocks away and there's nothing around us but grass and, and, um, you know, a, uh, 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 a business park or anything like that. It's, it's just very much a part of the main drag here. And maybe also that's why a lot of people don't necessarily know that it's here because when you think a theater, especially a, a community theater, you expect it to be this big separate building and it's got all this facade and it looks almost um, artsy-fartsy. This is very much a, you know, again, it's connected to the rest of the strip here and it's um it doesn't have a lot of flash or anything there's posters on the front that tell us you know what shows are coming up or what the current show is there's a marquee where the letters still have to be changed by hand it's not a Mm -hmm. digital marquee (laughs) and i think that adds to the charm of the whole thing is Mm -hmm. it's just a very it just feels very homey and it feels very warm and inviting and i i think that adds to the charm of this place so we mentioned earlier um or colin mentioned earlier that tomorrow um, the new season is being revealed. And while I don't expect you to um, reveal what those shows are uh, here, unless you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, subscribers, they, they get first shot at sure. it. And you members, so tomorrow you'll hear that. I yeah. guess what I will ask is, in a general sense, um, and, and maybe in, in ten words or less, or however you want to, what can everyone expect with the upcoming season? This has a theme. We didn't mean it, but it happened. So it's surrounding death, unfortunately, or fortunately in a very uh, very funny way. Every single one of our things has something to do with the beyond. So that's something I can maybe tease you with. And so for the people who want to know what the shows are, what the season is, and you drop that tomorrow, when will the general public find out? And if someone wanted to be one of the people who finds out before everyone else, how do they do that? It will be live on our website. It's supposed to be at, I think, 12 noon is when we're doing that. So if you're at work, you know, and you want, <laughs> you're like, it's my lunch hour. I'm going to quickly check. Um, and you can also talk to any member at that point are allowed then to speak to speak of it because all the licensing is there and we're excited about oh my goodness what we're going to be able to do and 
so many different shows, and we just approved another one for our Stage Struck Youth Theater, so we're going to have an extra uh, show for them as well. Cool. And how many, how many productions are there, or will there be main stage productions, not necessarily the, the children's theater? Okay, main stage, which means auditorium, there will be uh, the six, not with the Stage Struck, um, and then two in Tribute Hall. So really it's going to be eight in the season, even though Tribute Hall will have two of those. Sure. And for those of you, again, uh, yeah. Tribute Hall is the, the, the sort of the bar area that I was talking about. It's a really nice attachment to the building that, that PM&L now owns. And so uh, just this season, you guys did uh, uh, Love. Love Lost and What I Wore by Nora Ephraim. And we also did Forbidden Broadway and many other um, I think it was called Forbidden Broadway and many other uh, songs. So those were the two fun ones. One was a cabaret style uh, musical and the other one was uh, monologues by women sitting there and, and talking about how their fashion and mothers and relationships with each other had shaped uh, their lives and very interesting. Knowing that it's 2023 yeah. and Obviously, there's been a paradigm shift in sort of the culture and what's acceptable and what's taboo. And, you know, there's um, what you call a cancel culture, and I hate that term, but I'm, I'm going to use it anyway. Um, that if something upsets you or you don't like something, um, you become offended for an entire group of people or you become, you manufacture this outrage. So with a show like Spam a lot, where there's obviously a lot of very um, uh, matter-of-fact, inappropriate, um, slapstick adult humor. Do you think that it's more difficult to do this show now than, say, it would have been when it first came out in, I think Spamalot came out in the early part of the 2000 mm -hmm. um, millennium. Do you think that there's any difficulty now putting on the show versus when it first came out all that time ago? I think, yes, there is some thought behind that when you look at it. I know as a director, I had to look at it and ask um, both cast, ask both our board, and ask all our constituents and say to them, this is what we want to put on, and here's why, and why we think this is all right. But we certainly want your input, so we did ask uh, about that. But I think, as you see with the reception, it's almost like Shakespeare now. This particular musical has legs because what it's trying to laugh at and how it's trying to get people engaged is not mean-spirited. It's no. not insulting. It's to say, you silly bunch of, what is it, twits? They call them twits, twats, and tits in this uh, show, <laughs> right? You stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... You're, you're goofy, you know, you're, you're, or was it? You're a loony, as you're a loony, uh, Arthur yes, says. You're a loony. So I think you have to look at the merits of something, definitely. Yes, you do have to think about certain shows. There are ones from 40 years ago, you're like, really? Will we be doing that one again? Maybe not. But um, this one gave pause for a minute just to thoroughly look at it and then realize, as the directors say, that was the point. The point is to laugh at ourselves, not at others, to laugh at ourselves. Sure. And I appreciate the fact that, obviously, thoughtfulness went into the execution of this show. And before the cast even showed up to rehearse, there was obviously a lot of thought put into, can we do this show? 
is this the right show? Is this going to offend anyone? And obviously, there are things in this show that could offend a lot of people, and rightfully so. It's it's not it's not a show for children, obviously. <laughs> and British humor is very um, there's no subtlety. Um, well, in some cases, there's no subtlety, but I I also appreciate the fact that you decided we're going to put this show on the way that it was intended, and we let the audience decide how they feel about it versus being offended for the audience before they've even had a chance to interpret it themselves. And I personally haven't heard anything from any of the people that I know that have come see the show or even people I've talked to in the lobby or in the parking lot where they've said, I can't believe you've done such a show. I can't believe you would do that show. Have you, have any of you heard any of that no. since the show opened? If, nope. a, if anything, the bit that you would be most concerned about has had the biggest positive response every night for a very good reason, which will be revealed when you see it. But um, consistently, night after night, it's been the... The, the show-stopping numbers. It has show been the show-stopping number, yeah, um, which which is great to see, and, and uh, it's because it's such a good number. But, but yeah, because it's, because it's Eric Idle, and it's satire, and, it's, and no, everybody knows that it's, it's satirizing those people who take that kind of thing seriously rather than by saying those things that that's what they mean. So um, there is some subtlety in there, but, yeah, as, as far as I can tell, it's been a, a positive response across the board. So. I also think that there's heart to this show, right? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about... Um, if you strip away all the silliness, this is about bonding. This is about mm-hmm. togetherness. This is about a group of people who don't know each other. They come together to find a common goal, and they find it. Yep. And then the end is a celebration of everything that they've done. Now, there's a lot of dings and dongs and, <laughs> and tits and twats. <laughs> Along the way. Right, right. But, but also, you know, th- it's not like this is an empty, hollow show. No, you know? it's not. It's a very warm show, but it has a lot of silly slapstick humor and sight gags. Um, so before we wrap it up here, um, because we're, you know, we're at about 90 minutes, um, I am a huge fan of late night television. Um, and all of my favorite late night hosts have sort of come and gone. Johnny Carson's dead. Conan O'Brien doesn't do a late night show anymore. Um, and I recently discovered that Stephen Colbert, who holds, who hosts, um, the late, uh, the late show, Mm -hmm. uh, which was formerly, uh, hosted by David Letterman, does this really cool thing called the Colbert Questionnaire. And mm-hmm. it's basically where when he has um, celebrity guests, he'll, asks, he'll ask them these 15 questions that he thinks or says <laughs> that is, helps people really get to know the guests because, you know, I've, I've only got you on the couch for 15 minutes right. and we're talking about your movie or your project, but we don't really get to know the real you. So I'm going to borrow this format okay. from Stephen Colbert and I'm going to ask all of you these 15 questions but I'm going to ask these questions one at a time and then all of you can answer one at a time versus asking you each of the 15 questions right. separately and try if you can just to just to rattle off the first thing that comes mm-hmm. to your mind and, and again there's no wrong answer here but this is not only a, a fun way to end this this episode but also um, a good way to let the the tens of people listening to this <laughs> No. I mean more. There are dozens of us. <laughs> to the three of you who are who are <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> I'm Michelle. See you at home. Uh, um, okay, so question number one: What's the best sandwich? Is it like we have to answer? What's the best sandwich? Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Grilled cheese. 
Ooh. Ham and cheese. Nice. Toasted? <laughs> it's optional. Okay. Either way. I feel like I need a button to hit right? or something. <laughs> like a buzzer? You got it. Uh, question number two. What's the one thing that you own that you really should throw out? I mean, I still have my Ugg boots from high school that I should probably <laughs> <laughs> Do they still fit? Um, no. Okay. I've probably got a pair of socks in my drawer that need to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Do, are, are there holes in them? Quite possibly, yes. Okay. Yeah. I have a lovely sweater, cotton, cable. It's frayed to nothing on the cuffs and everywhere. But, yeah, it should probably go. But I can't. Mm. Uh, question three. What is the scariest animal? A uh, grizzly bear, I would say. I would say, a, you know, a tiger, Siberian tiger. If you say a lion, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> I feel like I have to. Um, no, I just, any, like, bugs. That's fair. I don't do bugs. That's fair. Uh, question four, apples or oranges? <gasps> apples. Oranges. Ap apples all the way. I'm with Reggie on this. Oranges nope. for sure. It's a texture thing. I can't do it. Uh, question five, have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Yes. Yes. No. And the two of you who said yes, did you get it? Yes. And who was it? Um, this is going to be very, very region-specific. Uh, very famous uh, motorcycle road racing uh, rider, um, Joey Dunlop from Northern Ireland, who was sadly no longer with us. But he, I bought a, 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 a drawing of him at a, at a meet, a racing meet, and uh, I managed to find him. He signed it, and then he had to go off and do his thing. So That's cool. Yeah. What about you? I have two. Um, well, I got the autograph from one of them, and the other one was not very nice. Uh -oh. um, actually, Stephen Colbert I met in Washington, D.C. Awesome. with his family. Um, so I got his autograph. And then Vince Vaughn, I met at LAX. Um, he was getting coffee. I love Vince Vaughn. And he, he like, he was not very nice. Mm. Um, he, like to anybody. Well, like He seems very um, crotchety. Yeah. I get that. Um, so. But I'm sure that he probably gets approached uh, all the time. Absolutely. But he's also like freakishly tall. Too. Yes, like, he He's is. like 6'5". <laughs> mm -hmm. Can't miss him. Um, Okay. Um, and when you got Stephen Colbert, and how appropriate, right. when you got Stephen Colbert's autograph, was he the host of The Late Show, or was he the Colbert Rapport? Um... Colbert Rapport. Okay. Awesome. Um, this one is a deep question. What do you think happens when we die? Mm. Nothing. Agreed. Two nothings and... No, I think that uh, the essence of you uh, just kind of settles into everything around you. That's nicer than my answer. Yeah, me too. I, can I do that answer? Yeah, <laughs> we, we can. We, you, you, yeah, I mean, you'll always be remembered. Of course, I'm in the recycling, so I think that's what's going <laughs> on. <you know? laughs> we just get recycled. Okay, well. You come back as a 35-pack of Costco water bottles. <laughs> there you go. Um... Question seven, favorite action movie? Ooh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a good answer. Oh, that's, that's a good, a good one, answer. yeah, but I, can't, I guess I can't say the same thing, can I? Does, well, you can uh, if you want to. Uh, does Rocky count as an action movie? I think it does. I'll have Rocky done then. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really There's like... a lot. I know. Um, the Italian Job. Ooh. Which like one? That one? The, the original? first one, yes. The Marco Caine one, right? 
the first It's like cocaine. And it's yeah. supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, it's <laughs> like to, to, to copy, to mimic. Uh, we've got to load this mini with balls of goat. Um, sorry, that's a terrible impression. Uh, favorite smell? Freshly cut grass. I like that. Mm, I, I like that. cinnamon. I like that too. Lavender. Nice. Least favorite smell? Oh my goodness. My tabard after the uh, <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll all agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just move on from that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exercise. Is it worth it? Yes, yes. Yeah, just look at me. No, I probably is, yeah. <laughs> oh, probably is. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, my friend. Uh, flat or sparkling? Flat. <sighs> flat. Flat. Fair. Uh, what's the most used app on your phone? TikTok. <laughs> Maps. Mm. <laughs> probably Reddit. They have an app? I didn't know that Reddit had an app. Well, now that Reddit is fun, is no longer a thing. I have to use their, um, their app now. So, yeah. oh, Don't want to get into that. <clears throat> um, you get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. <laughs> what is it? I don't think I can answer this question. You have to, though. I don't know if I can. Hey, Jude. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a that, great that one answer. I wouldn't, care, I wouldn't be too ha- unhappy about. I know. <laughs> The lonely goat hurt. Hmm. <laughs> that is so random. Because <laughs> no, I would laugh. My I would think of my husband. Um, there's all kinds of reasons, the connections, but I would laugh and laugh every single time. Yodely, yodely, yodely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Natalie, you gotta, you gotta. How do I top follow, that? You gotta follow that. Um, I think it would probably be like. Bohemian Rhapsody or something oh, that's like fun. has lots of different especially if you could do the head banging part right because yeah. then you won't get bored yeah uh, question 14 what number am I thinking of three no 14 no 23 he's no. lying five yeah <laughs> I wrote it down oh good. you did not I swear to god I did okay I didn't know it was going to go that, that high, high. Yeah. Well, I, I was like I between didn't say one million. through ten oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question hey it's not my question, Eric. That's right. The Colbert question. <laughs> and the final question, describe the rest of your life in five words. Love this question. For those of you listening, <laughs> I'm looking at three people who are literally looking into space and then using their fingers to form a sentence. Hopefully long enough to retire. Ooh, That's fun. a great one. How did you come up with that so fast? <laughs> That's why he's King Arthur. Yeah. Hopefully long enough to retire. I love that answer. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> five words. Something five describe, words about the rest describe of Describe the rest of your life in five words. Always taking care of children. <laughs> There you go. That's good, right? That's a good one, yeah. Sure. That's good. You may regret that answer. I was going to say for the rest of your life, yeah. I don't like going. See, enjoying clouds, love, and good food. That's probably six. I think that's six words. But we'll we'll allow it. I should have just done it in three words, shouldn't I? Yeah. Instead of five. (laughs) Three. Get it? What three words? Arthur. The Uh, joke. uh, Don't see. 
That's only funny to us. King Arthur <laughs> forever. <laughs> Again, my friends, uh, Monty Python's Spamalot playing at PMNL Theater in Antioch. This is the final weekend, Friday, 8 o'clock. Saturday, we have a double feature, 2.30 matinee and 8 o'clock. And then Sunday is the final show uh, at 2.30. There's not a whole lot of tickets left. So if you're interested in tickets, go to pmltheater.com, call the box office. I'm not sure what the number is. I'm sorry. Do you know what the number is, yep. Reggie? It is 395-3055 in the 847 area code. There you go. 847-395-3055. If you still have a touch-tone telephone at home. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and again, Facebook. Follow PMNL Theater on Facebook to see what, um, what is going on there. Come see a show. Come get involved. Come be a member. Mm -hmm. Come be a volunteer. Come just check us out. It's a lot of fun here. Um, it certainly has been a blast doing this show. Um, my guests again, uh, Reggie Reynolds, the director of Spamalot and also the president of the board of directors here at PMNL Theater. Also, uh, Colin Halliday, uh, who plays King Arthur and... Um, Oh, a, a bang-up job of it, I might add, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. this production, and hopefully we'll be returning for many, many shows down the line with your wife, Michelle, and your daughter, <laughs> Sydney. 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 Hope so, too. Come on, Sydney. <laughs> you can do it. And then uh, Natalie Colgan, who, uh, again, is the music director of the show, has also been calling the, uh, the cues for the uh, crew backstage and up in the booth, uh, all of them joining me tonight. Again, thank you for listening for this episode which uh, we'll post probably in the next hour or two online, and I will share it with all of you. But thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs>